Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett. And if you've been staying tuned to PregnancyHelpNews.com, you know about the letter that was sent to Heartbeat recently from Senator Elizabeth Warren and signed by a handful of other senators. It was making accusations against our work and the pregnancy help movement. Uh, but also if you've tuned in to PregnancyHelpNews.com, you know the truth about the work of the pregnancy help movement. It's a great place to stay updated on recent events affecting pro-life work, to hear the stories of what's really happening at centers. And you can sign up for those updates, their weekly updates at PregnancyHelpNews.com. They'll come straight to your inbox. Now I have Jarrell Godsey, the president of Heartbeat International and Daniel White, our legal counsel here with me. And Jarrell, that letter from Senator Warren was addressed to you. So um, can you give us just a brief overview of what that was about, what was in the letter and how has Heartbeat responded since then? Well, thanks, Christine. Always good to be with you and thank you for allowing us to take a few minutes. Um, uh, I'll turn it over to Danielle, but I want to go back to that moment uh, for me uh, when I was actually at, at home and I got a a text like uh, from Andrea Trudden, our vice president of communications, She's like, you might want to check your email because boom, in, in, the, in, in the inbox was this letter from seven senators uh, whom you can guess uh, some of their names. They're uh, frankly notorious for some of the things they've said about pregnancy centers in general. And they really were calling out some key things in this letter, really casting aspersions and creating allegations and restating some falsehoods, and then inventing this narrative, which we're going to kind of unpack a little bit. One of the, the, the idea, one, is that we are gathering information that's, that's somehow subject to being used incorrectly. And that's kind of the theme through the whole letter. It's like we have information and they're they're gravely concerned that it's going to be misused somehow. So right away that that's a that's a the, the key understanding that like yes, we do get information. Absolutely we collect information because we're trying to serve these people. At any doctor's office you walk into, frankly in just about any place you go to, you know, you have to provide your information so that they can serve you properly. So yes, we get that information. We only get the information that's necessary for what we are 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 wanting uh to how we want to serve them. And we keep that information absolutely confidential. And then they get into this whole idea that somehow uh, they've learned that HIPAA does not apply. We've known that for a long time. It's not um, uh, for the vast majority of pregnancy centers. Uh, while we are covered entities uh, under the, the rule of HIPAA, we are not doing covered transactions. And that's where HIPAA really attaches. So uh, we knew that. They finally recognized that uh, from their position and that they're gravely concerned. And part of that is, in my mind, is because they've constructed this, this mindset that, well, if the federal government isn't speaking directly to it, then then you must be uh, 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 at risk of violating something. And, and that just flies in the face. One of, it, it just re- reflects big government at its worst, in my mind. But it also um, casts uh, this idea that somehow we don't have the same value for confidentiality as others do. And we most certainly do. We've been at, by the way, we've been keeping things confidential since long before HIPAA was ever, ever crafted and created. And so this was a, just a, a very interesting uh, kind of narrative that they were creating. And eventually they get around to, to being very concerned that we're going to turn this over, this, this uh, information, we're going to turn this private information over to someone who's going to do something dastardly with it. And you know what, we've been protecting women's information for years and years, decades even, and um, we're quite good at it. It's a value of ours. So all of that said, well, what do we do with this and how do we respond? And, and, uh, and, (laughs) <laughs> that led us to the initial conversation. So um, as 
as we're supposed to do when we have a, a lawyer on on board, we pick up the phone and we say uh, something to the kind of Danielle, what do we do? And so she was um, <laughs> she was the first one we reached out to like, hey, uh, like, the, uh, I mean, Danielle, you and I had this conversation like when you thought, hey, I want to really go do something really good work in the pro-life movement. Like, did you did you ever think that the, the day would come when you'd be battling like senators from their office, their elected office? No, certainly not. And definitely not when I came on with Heartbeat International, um, which is really just geared towards helping women. I Honestly, I, I guess I was naive, but I, my perspective was like, oh, well, this will be interesting. There's probably some like, you know, nonprofit corporate stuff and, you know, other, other things, maybe some IP law I could see or like maybe adoption type family law things. But um no, I really thought that pregnancy centers were a place where everybody could agree that helping women to be able to have the resources to choose life for their babies so that they're not so desperate they're turning to abortion is a good thing. Um, so it it came as quite a surprise to me when we started getting arrows slung our way. Um, and I would like to say it doesn't surprise me anymore. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I'm not sure I'm quite there. I mean, in, in one sense it doesn't, but, but then, you know, when you step back and you really look at it, it's like these centers are serving women in their local communities and they're the ones with the targets on their back. And it's just, it's astounding. It's, it's really astounding. Well, one of the things that I, um, saw immediately through this letter is while the letter is directed at heartbeat it 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 actually is very concerned about some of the language that where we've been talking about our own uh software next level center management solutions um which talks about data and the importance of data because data isn't data is everything these days and so of course data and every business has has a right to that information to be able to do what better serve their customer so of course we have this but looking through this this is not so much about heartbeat it's as it is about the fact that any pregnancy center anywhere has this kind of data. And, and I want to make sure that for our listening audience, those that are in the pregnancy help community is like, be careful. Don't, don't think like, Oh, well, heartbeats on the hot seat. And um, boy, I hope they do that. Well, because if they don't, they're going to be in trouble. It's like, no, the, the, the reality is there you there, we're the target, but all of us are really the, the goal. Like if they're concerned about wherever this data is, is living, living and existing, not just within next level or within our, our systems, but wherever it's being collected. And that would, that would basically loop in any pregnancy center anywhere who writes down or records any information, no matter how they do it. And so that was one of the things that, that Mealy saw through um, uh, as, as a concern for, for the movement, not just heartbeat. So, Hey, we're, we'll, we're, we're uh, we're happy to kind of be the be the front line of the, of the fence against this kind of attack from senators that frankly ought to know better. But um, but we'll we'll engage this. And then uh, upon exploring this, we realized like, well, you know, I was a, a, a tad concerned. And then I realized from some good legal counsel that actually the senators don't have the power they seem to be projecting in this letter. So um, Danielle, you, I think you learned that along. I think you kind of questioned that from the beginning and we learned much more about that. So give me your understanding of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to back up for a minute because I, I've been thinking about um, just the narrative that's been built around this data and what are these pregnancy centers going to do with this data and um, you know, the idea that pregnancy centers are going to use this data to harm women is so strange. 
And what's funny is if women were walking in for services and the centers didn't collect any data about them, that would also be seen as quite suspect. Like you don't even know these women. You don't know who you're serving. You don't know anything about them. You don't record anything about them. So if you need to contact them for some reason, you can't. And so the whole purpose of obtaining women's data is in order to be able to offer them services. And it would actually be very, very odd if we didn't. What what do they expect? Do they expect that we're going to hand her a bag to put over her face when she walks in so that we know nothing about her? I mean, it's it's kind of one of those like, you know, heads I win, tails you lose scenarios. That's, that's just absurd, really. Um, but even more absurd is these senators coming in and demanding this information when they don't have a right to it. They don't have a legal right to this information. And so in reality, Heartbeat could have chosen to completely ignore the letter, um, and we would have been within our rights to do that. Um, that's not. But Danielle, we hear the senators all along, all all the time, talking about gathering information and holding hearings and committees. Like, what do you mean they don't have a right to this information? So they don't have the legal authority to just send a letter you know, and and ask for information simply because they want it. There are mechanisms and procedures that need to be followed and those were not followed here. So this was really just a fishing expedition. A little bit of maybe some bluster along the way uh, because it's signed by several. So there are seven senators here. So you're saying if it, there were eight or nine, it still wouldn't matter, right? That this is not the way that if you actually are interested in this information, this is not really the way to gain it. Right. That's right. So that led to the conversation we we um, uh, we had already been kind of in a conversation with some with our friends from First Liberty, and uh, we we looped them in on this, and they apparently have some history with this and uh, with this I, this concept of senators kind of playing this card of like, well, you we're gonna we're gonna ask you these questions in a very official manner, and therefore you must respond to our very official request as if it it really does have the weight of uh, of of the law. When in fact it, it doesn't, and so they they jumped on this, and I, I know you were in those earliest conversations. Yeah, we've we've been really grateful for our friends at First Liberty when um, and Jeremy and uh, the other attorneys lending their assistance to this, um, and they they had some great thoughts about uh, how best to respond to this. And you know what's interesting is while the senators don't have the authority to be asking questions of a religious nonprofit organization that you know, it hasn't done anything wrong. Um, We do have the authority to be asking our elected representatives um, what they're doing for us. These are our representatives. They are paid through our taxpayer dollars. And so that's exactly what we did. We invoked our authority under the Freedom of Information Act. um, And we had some questions for the senators. Such as? (laughs) Such as, um, you know, it's, we kind of, wanted to focus on since May, when the Dobbs opinion leaked, there have been dozens and dozens of attacks on pregnancy centers who are protected under the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. Um, Most people who are familiar with FACE Act at all think that it only protects um, abortion clinics. That is not the case. It protects reproductive health organizations. And, um, and so it protects pregnancy centers. And despite the fact that pregnancy centers have this federal protection, 
we've watched as dozens of them have been attacked and we have not one single arrest um, for those attacks. So, so, some of them have been firebombed even. I mean, the very fortunately, no one has been hurt uh, in any one of these attacks. Um, the vast majority of them are are vandalism in a way, although there have been uh, rocks thrown through windows and uh, and there have been there's been property damage. And then there have been those or I think there's about a half and a dozen of those now that have been uh, firebombed, which is a major, obviously major damage. Some of them uh, have been out of commission for many weeks, if not months, and some have yet some have yet to be able to recover uh, from that kind of devastating attack. But no one has been harmed by the physical attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, 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 these centers that are taken out of commission are now, are now not able to serve these women that they were originally serving. So in effect, uh, the, these attacks have, have resulted in actual women not getting services and therefore not being able to accomplish some of the things that they, that they need and want for their healthy pregnancy for making a, a decision for life. And so while the senators are kind of fishing, as you said, uh, I think that's, that's uh, um, that's a, a proper term uh, that they're really fishing for something that they think is true. There's the, there's a truth to the reality of these attacks that women are being harmed and hurt. If not physically, there, there, there's lost services that are happening because of these attacks, or they're, they're being swayed by some of the messages that are, that are placed in. And these senators haven't spoken to this egregious um, attack at all. These particular senators. Yeah, that's correct. And in fact, you know, I I would say that a lot of their rhetoric is fueling these attacks, Um, threatening messages that are being left at centers or painted on their sidewalks or their buildings. You know, if abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. That's threatening language. Um, And so, yeah, these these senators have have um, used rhetoric that has raised the temperature and has made people evidently believe that going out and vandalizing these centers and violating the FACE Act is not only acceptable, but to be celebrated, and furthermore, will receive no ramifications whatsoever. We have not a single arrest, and this has been happening for five months. Um, and so that was another question we posed to them was, you know, what what are you thinking? I mean, have you ever denounced the, this violence? Your rhetoric has against these pregnancy centers. I mean, Elizabeth Warren used the word torture. Torture, yes. Centers yes. torture women. <clears throat> um, and in reality, it's it is this Jane's Revenge group or whoever is behind these attacks, these attacks that are engaging in torture techniques. I mean, leaving actual threatening language on sidewalks. Painted on the on the doors, painted on yeah. the buildings, uh, yeah. uh, sent by email. I mean, we, you know, Heartbeat has been the target of of some similar uh, communications like that. Fortunately, we've not been our building has not been vandalized or uh, damaged in any way. Um, but we've received some of that. But these centers have have in some in some cases, some centers have been actually vandalized more than once as well. Yep, there's certainly a pattern and. But what is what is also a disturbing pattern is the silence from these senators um, to even just denounce the violence. I, you know, I think that they they may not agree with the work of pregnancy centers. I don't understand why. Um, 
but just to denounce the violence and to say we live in a society where this kind of activity is completely unacceptable. Regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum, it is not acceptable to firebomb organizations that are providing services to women. So in, in our response, and to make that point, we, we provided uh, several pictures to that effect uh, so that just in case they weren't reading the news, because frankly, I, I've run into a, a variety of people um, who are not, you know, deeply in into the pro-life communications and pro-life world, and who you know may are they're pro-life, but their their spheres of of uh, of news are not necessarily reporting these these things faithfully. Right? It was a it's been it's been a shock to me to talk to someone like you said, Danielle. This has been going on for five months. Uh, more than a hundred pregnancy centers have been affected, either either with physical damage or uh, or, or well over a hundred. If we talk about like all of the fake reviews that have been done as well, uh, continuing action by this Jane's Revenge group and others that have participated in this. And I've been surprised when I encounter someone that goes like, "What pregnancy centers have been attacked? Like, oh my goodness, what news are you listening to or uh, failing to listen to that?" Uh, that you're not understanding that these kind organizations in your very community have been subject to this. Now we know that there's a hundred or more of the centers that have happened. We also know that there's that there's uh, nearly or more than 2,800 locations around the country. So, from a percentage perspective, not not maybe not not a huge percentage have have been affect have been attacked, but what that has created from those that haven't, I mean, security systems have had to be purchased. Um, uh, and, and like you said earlier, these are fueled by some of the comments that uh, particularly Elizabeth Warren, who has been just egregious in the things that she's, that she said, uh, that torture is the worst thing I've heard her say, but she has been ranting that these centers should be shut down. And apparently James Revenge is listening and, uh, and, and acting on that same kind of uh, rhetoric. Yeah, it certainly it certainly appears so. And so I think it's time for for the senators to answer some questions about this. Um, you know, Drell, you mentioned the media. And I think one thing that was uh, amusing or interesting to watch was uh, just as soon as this letter hit your inbox, somehow mm. Time magazine already had an article out. You know, it's like they knew. <laughs> yeah, you wonder. You wonder. I, I think it was four hours after we had received it in our inbox. They they managed to publish an article about this, and and that just speaks to there's some type of coordination going on. That uh, that if if um, if this isn't a more of a of a political posturing, uh, so let let our friends in the media who are going to help us. Uh, carry our 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 invented narrative uh, to the masses. Um, let's let's make sure that they know about this. You know, it's not it's it's this is this is sadly becoming a, a, a all too all too common occurrence that things that we think and, and this is by the way you know <laughs> the very letter that's concerned about confidentiality and privacy somehow is forgetting that uh, that you know what the maybe we're supposed to operate under a principle like, I don't know, maybe you've never heard of this, Danielle, being a, a lawyer, you know, we're, 
we're innocent until proven guilty, right? Well, uh, <laughs> apparently we're not, because at least not according to these senators that have been making these claims and concerns, uh, because they wanted to make sure that they, that their their narrative was placed in in uh, in the media, and there of course there are willing participants wanting to do that um, for their own biases against uh, against pregnancy help organizations, against pregnancy centers. We've seen this. We've seen this. You know, we've we've had a number of. Uh, media outlets try to cast aspersions. And the good news is, uh, we c- my good news is that we continue to have resolve uh, to walk in this in this work. And everyone I've talked to, while they're concerned about what's going on, th- there's no sense of retreat or stepping back uh, from continuing to do the very thing that, that only the God of the universe has called them to, right? So like that we know, the senators are not going to dissuade us. Um, we will certainly address these, you know, the these things that, that uh, anything that, that needs to be addressed. But uh, the idea that we're somehow going to be dissuaded from doing this work that we've been called to is, um, is, is just simply un- un- unrealistic. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the court of law where it's innocent until proven guilty and there are procedural protections uh, in the court of public opinion. It's really just a banana republic and there there isn't any procedural <laughs> protection. Yeah. And, and I think that that's what they were counting on. I think that that was the point. Now there's a headline out there, you know, Heartbeat International is investigated for their privacy practices. And some people won't even read the article. <laughs> um, right. And, and that as alone is enough to cast question on, you know, what we're doing. But the truth is, and this is what we've said in our letter, you know, Heartbeat has, has never shared a woman's personally identifiable information. Never. We have never had a um, law enforcement entity come to us and even ask that we share personally identifiable information, let alone have we actually shared it with law enforcement. Um, we don't sell women's personally identifiable information. And so this this is just completely contrived. And now there's a headline out there in that court of public opinion um, that you know we're working against now. Yeah. And again, it's it's only uh, today that this that 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 the in the headline is Heartbeat International. Um, but tomorrow it could be any other organization. And, and in your local paper, it could be any you could be your your own pregnancy center could kind of get the same treatment uh, because this is now the tactic is just smear, you know, just throw out the allegation. And uh, and and because it doesn't really matter if it's true, as long as we get it out there, it becomes, as you said, Danielle, the headline that people will see. So when they Google anywhere, when they, they're searching for that term, then that information is going to pop up. It seems like that's more and more of the methodology is to get the negative out there so that it can suppress the good. Yep. And the real losers in all of this are women who might be uh, dissuaded from seeking services because they're afraid that their their information isn't safe and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, their information is very safe with pregnancy centers. Well, I, I was thinking about that, um, you know, because I was thinking even here in our area in Ohio, there was a big story not too long ago about a 10 year old. And you know, that that was a, a, a huge issue. But then when we look closer, I mean, of course, that's terrible. But by the way, pregnancy centers have seen, sadly, have seen 10 and 11 and 12 year olds in, in our centers from for, you know, over the years, it doesn't happen often. Sadly, it's happened more often uh, in the, these last uh, uh, couple of decades. Um, and those are terrible things. But you didn't see the headline happen that afternoon. Uh, and you didn't see that go out because we kept that information confidential. That's a 
terrible situation for that that young person. That's a terrible scenario. And we, but we have maintained our confidentiality. Meanwhile, when it when it when it seems like it's something that's going to potentially enhance the political positioning of the abortion industry, it suddenly it happened. Not it ha- the headlines were out that afternoon. Um, and and who was giving that information? Like that's a, those are the people that the senators ought to be talking to. Um, but of course, that's that's in favor of the big abortion narrative. So I, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. Um, but the, it's this is something that that uh, we, when we step back and realize, look, we've been at this for a long time, more than 51 years. The the pregnancy center movement has been uh, a keeping information, keeping things confidential. The only time we're going to publish that information is with consent from that person. And 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 the only way that that typically happens is when she wants to tell her story or let us tell her story because she's excited for what, what she's received. She's been blessed by the ministry that she's been able to, to access and she's been helped so that she can, I, I can't tell you how many uh, young ladies have, have have said, "I could not imagine my life without my child." And you, and you, pregnancy help center, help make that happen. You, abortion pill reversal, uh, help make that happen. You, option line, made that connection for us. And I can't imagine my life without. Like, like that's the that's the reality. Those are the stories that we we will um, we will champion if she says yes, and if she says, "Hey, I'm happy for my information to go out." But that's not her health information. That's just her story. That's just her name. And that's just the, the 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 story that that unpacks around her and and how she wants to honor and celebrate the services that she received. Um, so this is a this is kind of a silly thing to be talking about. I, I wish that the senators would focus on the real problem, which is women being forced into abortion by their circumstances, sometimes even another person. And frankly, um, the the media that's even this letter is generating can can be a contributor to that, to where they don't feel like they can go anywhere else, leaving only one option. And when there's only one option, that is not choice at all. That's uh, that's forcing her into something that she may not want or actually doesn't want. But then when we have all the other things that are going on, it's like seem that's the only one she's allowed to choose, according to some of, of these senators and others. So that's unfortunate. So where, where do we what do we expect from here, Danielle? What we are we confident that the senators are going to just um, answer all of our questions by the deadline that we've been that we've set, and uh, they're just going to give us all that information? Is that what we are expecting? Well, you know there there is a legal process for uh, <laughs> <laughs> for this, and so we'll we will walk through that. Um, I, my crystal ball's broken today, so I'm not really sure exactly what to expect, but that is part of the fun of being <laughs> on <laughs> in this ministry. And um, but you know, it is it is kind of nice that there there is a legal process here and we're not just dealing with, you know, big tech that is powered by the left. Um, but there, you know, there is a legal process and we will follow the legal process. Because that that's really our um responsibility is uh, to do things in, in a way that's upstanding and upright. And and yet at the same time, they're, they're using their process, uh, maybe not illegally, but with a kind of try to or create lack something thereof. lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. That's probably a better way to say it without, without precedent or without really substantive um, support for their actions, but they're just uh, throwing their weight around and trying to, and thinking that we're just going to 
I don't know what they're thinking we're going to do because this is this, frankly, this issue is way too important for us to step back and step away. And this is, again, this is not about our software or our uh, data. This is about the the movement and, and what they, what they're, what they're really revealing their, their kind of own playbook as to where they're going with this. So we'll see, we'll see if they, um, uh, if they ask more questions, uh, they seek another path. I, I, don't, I don't know about you. I, I'm uh, I'm imagining that they they have some other uh, tools that they can use. Maybe that they might want to do you know before uh, no, the November election, or at least uh, how things unpack. We'll see. Who knows? Um, this is a, this is their big issue, um, and and uh, frankly, it's been our big issue for a lot longer than it's been theirs. And um, well, hey. Bring it is what what like typically that's my response to that Danielle says oh okay that's how we're gonna play this like yeah bring it we we don't have nothing to hide this is the this is the work that God's called us to and we're very confident in it that we're serving those that um, if if they did not have the opportunity that we present then then there would be. Uh, more death and more more damage and more destruction brought into people's lives so we can't not to do this. Um, we, we can't bow to these kind of, these kind of tactics and we won't, we'll, uh, see where it goes from here and, uh, trust that, uh, everyone will be praying for us as we do. And, and we, you know, we try to play this as publicly as possible so that everybody gets a sense of how this is happening. If this had been a conversation behind closed doors that felt more legitimate and felt, you know, uh, we'd have kept it in that way, but they were very public about this. And so we've tried to be very public in, in our response as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that they're not interested in having a, uh, a conversation about this that that was going on behind closed doors, as you say, or a little bit more private, or maybe even a little bit more productive. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, when you involve Time Magazine almost the moment after you hit send on this email, I think the intentions are pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and part of this, as you, and you said this much earlier, is that this is really about. Uh, public relations battle. Uh, this is about getting the word out, swaying the public, creating a false narrative so that others can be swayed from maybe even accessing uh, life-affirming help that we we offer. We trust that that the Lord will help us overcome that. And uh, we have others that are trying to work against that as well. And uh, that was a topic for another time. Uh, but meanwhile, we'll, we'll uh, I hope, hope that you'll uh, pray with us that uh, the, the Lord's will is revealed and that uh, such deeds of darkness uh, will be exposed and that ultimately we, we will see truth triumph because that's, that's our uh, absolute foundation is that we walk in the truth, the truth of scripture, the truth that, that what we're doing, the truth of, of life in the womb. Uh, we don't, we, we welcome scripture in that we, we, we are grateful for the scripture stand on that, but we actually know that that's a, that's a, a scientific truth, right? That we, that we stand on as well. So we're grateful for this. And um, I just uh, would ask that you pray for the heartbeat team, pray for everyone that might be uh, reading these things and concern and, um, and maybe even, in their heart might be might be given pause. Uh, pray that they would just stand firm, stand committed, uh, uh, walk in a clarity uh, that what we do is uh, a Holy Spirit breathe, and He will guide us in all of this. And thank you, thank you, Danielle, for your help with this, and thank you, Christine, for the opportunity to take a few minutes to talk about it. 
Hey, thank you. I think that was a, a really great way to wrap up. Um, I did get a chance to read both of those letters this morning, and this really helped explain some of the background, what's really happening and in your own words. So uh, that was pretty cool to hear a little more of the story. Um, if you would like to read those letters, both the, the one that was sent to Heartbeat and the one that we responded with, I will put links to those below so you can check those out. Um, also, if you are looking for additional information on the work of the pregnancy help movement, maybe you're new to the podcast and you're you're just hearing about this work for the first time, or if you've been a, a longtime member of the Pregnancy Help Movement and doing ministry um, in your own community, visit PregnancyHelpNews.com. Be sure to subscribe. Also subscribe to this podcast for future episodes. And one more thing before we close, we've been running a, a little feedback survey that you've heard me talk about at the end of each episode. And I did pick a winner. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who provided your thoughts and your ratings on, on uh, the podcast and gave me some great ideas as we look to a uh, new episode planning for the new year. So um, we will we will definitely be taking those and um, seeing what we can do to bring more content your way. But I did pick a winner. All I have is an email address. I didn't ask for a name to keep them anonymous. So I'll be reaching out to that person here pretty soon. Um, so keep an eye on your email if you did submit what that. What did they win? What did they, they win? They win. And uh, sorry, I should have said that before. It's an APRN prize pack. So Abortion Pill Rescue Network. There's a, a cool little tumbler mug and a t-shirt so um, that is headed some lucky winner's way here soon with that uh, thanks so much again subscribe and have a great rest of your day <laughs>